Welcome to Atmosphere Church. My name is Jim Cruz and I'm the lead pastor. We're a new non-denominational life-giving church located in the Conejo Valley, just west of Los Angeles. Let me just say on behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it'll touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we wanna make ourselves available to you in any way we can. Please leave a comment if you need prayer or if you wanna speak with one of our leaders in any struggle that you may be facing right now, we will be sure to respond to anything you need in your life. Here at Atmosphere, we believe that we should never forsake the gathering together with other believers. Don't use this recorded service as your church experience. Get involved in the local church to the extent that the people there know you by name. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be a part of our community. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at atmosphere.church. Finally, there's a lot of man hours that are put behind making services and resources like this available that are meant to help you grow and develop as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith. To make a financial donation, simply click on the link on our site that says donate and your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Remember, when you give to Atmosphere Church, you're actually giving through Atmosphere to change lives in our church in our city and literally around the world. We've already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. Enjoy the service. Well, good morning, Atmosphere Church. Yeah, my name is Pastor Jim. I'm the lead pastor here and I just wanna welcome you guys and I missed you last week. I was up with our sister church in San Ramon, California, uh, and uh, they wanted me to tell you hi. So hi uh, from Brave Church, and uh, we love those guys up there. But man, how many are U2 fans here? You just love some U2? Yeah, man, you got to love Bono's comments on just the, the way the, the message reads out the Psalms, and Psalms are what we're talking about this morning. Matter of fact, we've been talking about Psalms all summer long. We call it Summer in the Psalms, and I know some of you have, have kind of checked these out. What I love about the book of Psalms, it's so raw, it's so genuine, and it's even though kind of you, you get brought into people's real life struggles, it's always sprinkled with the hope that only God can give in the midst of the struggle. And so I'm excited. We're gonna talk about Psalm 40, but I have to give an amazing shout out to somebody that is in the house today because I was with them on Monday. You guys know my car broke down in Vegas and I had to go get it. So I got to see my Vegas family on, on Monday and uh, Pastor Russell and his wife, Annette, and their beautiful children, uh, they knew they were coming here this weekend, but they said, we wanted to surprise you, so I want them to stand up. He's one of my pastors in Vegas, and uh, his family. I almost started crying when I saw you, dude. So uh, it's a great surprise uh, to have them with us this morning. And, um, you know, I... I connect with Psalms on a, a lot of different levels, but Psalm 40 really resonates with me. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I love music. 
I love songs. I love a variety of songs. And, and I think why I love music so much is music has a way of really connecting with my soul more than probably any other thing in this world. And you guys could probably relate to that, right? Has there ever been a song that has come on on the radio or maybe on your Spotify playlist or whatever where you're just like, wow, that just really speaks to the space that I'm in right now. And somehow you have this like connection based upon how you feel. Like you're like, how, how can a song really just connect with my emotions right now? But songs have that capacity to be able to do that. I was laughing the other day because a lot of times we will be attracted to listen to music based upon how we feel. So if we have a certain emotion that is just really inside of us, we will find music that will really kind of connect with how we feel emotionally. And we're looking through all of these different Spotify playlists that randomly pop up. And there was a, a playlist, this is real, that said, life sucks. This is a real playlist on Spotify that somebody created. And it's all of this sad music. And I was like, that's so crazy. But I get it. So if you're feeling really sad, you want to connect with sad music. There's some kind of connection. But here, here's the question this morning. If there was a, a song that is out there that would really highlight kind of how you feel right now, what song would that be? Now, I randomly was listening to country music. I know some of you, you, you love country music. I don't know why people are so opinionated on country music. Yeah, I love it. I hate it. I don't know. Um, but I was listening. Th this country song came on, Brad Paisley. And, it, and the song was called, There's a Last Time for Everything. I'd never heard the song. It was just like brand new to me. I don't know. Is it an old song? Is it a fairly new song? I don't know if you guys. But I was listening to it, and it just resonated with me. And I think partly because we were packing up our house in Bakersfield because we moved out of our house a week ago, so we are full-time residents in the Conejo Valley. So I'm just saying... Uh, I even went to the Ventura County Fair. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so we're packing up our boxes, and we're, like, getting ready to move out, and the song comes on, and I'm having this, like, emotional moment, even though we're super happy to start this new chapter of our life. It, it's, like, it's resonating with me. The song is, like, resonating with my soul. Like, th this is the last time we're going to be in this house. And this is the last time like our family is going to be together. And then a little bit later, I jumped in my hot tub and I'm like, this is the last time I'm going to be in this hot tub. I got to pray a new house with a hot tub because the best sermons have been written and thought about in that hot tub, by the way. And so I'm just like, I'm just having this moment. Brad Paisley and I are just like connected. And I'm like, dude, I get you. I feel you in the song. But the opposite is true as well. It's like sometimes you can listen to a song and it can actually change your emotions. Like you, you can be in a state of thinking and then a song will come on and, and then you'll start kind of feeling differently. Maybe emotionally you feel this kind of shift. I, I want to do an experiment this morning, okay? I want you to just close your eyes. I promise we won't mess with you, okay? So, so you can close your eyes in safety. We, we're not going to do anything to you. But I just want you to visualize 
yourself emotionally when I play this mashup of different songs so that you can say, how, how am I feeling? When this song is coming on, like how am I feeling emotionally? Go ahead and play the songs. Some of you just started smiling. I'm looking at you. My eyes aren't closing. You guys started smiling right away. Moving a little bit. Now you want to kick in a wall? Yeah! By the way, I think this is one of the saddest songs ever written. Some of you are tearing up right now. You just feel the sadness coming over. Your dreams came true. Guess she gave you things I didn't give to you. But it's like I can't shift. Now you got a little attitude, a little strut in your step. You're rolling down the PCH with, with the convertible top down. You're like, yeah, look at me, check me out. Little attitude. I'm gonna light one up and sit right here. I'm gonna drink this whole and love all out of me. I didn't know how you felt with this song. And when that ice cold beer loses its love, I'm gonna let that whiskey do what I'm gonna let that whiskey do what it does. Right now you're just remembering ripping up a picture, unfriending somebody on Facebook. You're like, yeah, teach you to do that to me again. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It's like a song can come on and can carry you emotionally into places that you're just like, man, that's wild that, that music and songs can have such influence on your soul. And so here David is writing this psalm. And it's so crazy because Pastor Kevin Nickerson, he did a great job last week. And, and uh, he's a chaplain for the Los Angeles Rams. And he was here with us. And, and he talked about waiting. He talked about Psalm 13. Now, I knew I was going to be talking about Psalm 40. I, I really didn't know that he was going to talk about Psalm 13 and waiting. But what's unique about Psalm 40 is it tells us what happens after God brings deliverance from waiting. And so this is a perfect follow-up sermon for Pastor Kevin's message last week about waiting. And I love it when God orchestrates all of the messages and, and it, he just is like, Jim, I'm in charge of this church, thank you. You know, I, I'm, I can do a way better job leading this church than you can, son. So just get out of the way. Let me do what I'm going to do. But let, let's read a couple of these verses from Psalm 40 because I really believe that God has a new song for your life. And I believe that that place of deliverance is where you're going to find this new song. It says in verse 1 and 2, it says, I wait patiently for the Lord to help me. 
And he turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. I I waited patiently. In the Hebrew language, this is literally translated, in waiting I waited. In waiting, I wait. In other words, like Pastor Kevin was talking about last week, waiting is a a part of the human experience that none of us appreciate. I mean, none of us woke up and went to work this week and we're celebrating the fact that we were in bumper-to-bumper traffic on the 101. (laughs) Nobody's like, I'm just so glad right now that I'm doing two miles an hour and the speed limit sign is saying 65. I just, this is the best, right? (laughs) No, nobody is excited to go to the DMV without an appointment because, you know, like, I know I've got to, like, carve out half of my day to just sit in the DMV with all kinds of other very interesting people. <laughs> I mean, some of you can relate, too, just because there's somebody in your house that when you're ready to go, they just always need 10 extra minutes. You know somebody in your house that's like that? You can elbow him right now. It's, it's, it's allowed. They're like, he's talking about you. I'm that guy, by the way, at my house. I'm, I'm the one. Tara's like, man, you cannot be on time. Because I'm like, there's always one other thing I can get done before we leave. But it's hard to wait. And when the deliverance comes after waiting for a long period of time, man, it feels super good, doesn't it? Matter of fact, sometimes the longer you wait, the more you appreciate the deliverance when it comes. But why is it sometimes that that, that deliverance is delayed? Why, why does it feel like, man, you're pray, you've been praying, but you just feel like stuck in the mud? This is, this is David saying, I've waited patiently. I was in that pit. I couldn't move. I couldn't get my grounding. And I tried to make progress in my life. And I just was stuck. And then God delivered me. He gave me a steady foundation where I could start making progress again in my life. And I started singing a new song, baby. I mean, this changed everything in my life. I I just imagine what was David going through? Like he was really in a funk. Like there was some major opposition coming to his way. But see, the rest of the psalm, it kind of gives us an insight into maybe some of the things that he was facing. In verses 12 through 14, it says, Troubles have surrounded me. There are too many to count. Is that speaking to anybody this morning? Have have you felt troubles around you this week? Like They're coming from every direction. I was with the young adults on Friday night. I'm like, you guys, like, you young adults, it's like you're playing like 80s asteroids, man. There's just stuff flying at you guys all the time. It says, my sins have caught me so that I cannot see a way to escape. He says, I have more sins than hairs on my head, and I have lost my courage. Please, Lord, save me. Please, our people are trying to kill me. Shame them and disgrace them. People want to hurt me and let them run away in disgrace. This is just David just being real. Going, I am just done with people. Like, I just can't catch a break. People are coming against me. People hate me. People don't want to see me make progress in my life. 
And then on top of that, I've got these own like battles going on myself, these temptations that are being thrown at me, and, and, and I'm saying yes to stuff that I know is not being helpful for my life, but being actually hurtful against my life. And he's like, man, God, how, how am I going to get out of this place? But God delivered him. That's the good news is he was in a place of trouble. He was in a place where he had outward trouble. He had, a, he had inward trouble. And he was like, God, I'm crying out to you. And God says, I hear you, son, and I'm going I'm to get you out of that pit. And when he pulled him out, everything changes for him. But while you're still in that pit, it's, it's noteworthy to know, like, why is it that when I cry out to God, I just feel like I'm still stuck you know, we, we talked about waiting last week. And so I just want to give you a list of possible reasons why the deliverance is being delayed for you. My, maybe why you just feel like you're not getting unstuck out of the mud and the mire. And let's just be real. It's partly spiritual warfare. And I think as a church, any church, we don't talk about spiritual, uh, spiritual warfare enough. Because here's the reality. The Bible talks about our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spirits and forces in darkness in heavenly places. And so when you start stepping into following Jesus and making progress in your relationship with God, you are foolish, my friend, to think that you are going to do that being unopposed. Because these demons in this world are not going to sit back on the sideline and let you continue to experience victory after victory in your relationship with God. And so you have these forces that are opposing you. And we have this insight in Daniel chapter 10 in the Old Testament. I'm so thankful for this chapter in the Bible because it really gives us some, some spiritual insight to possibly what may be taking place around your life right now. That it says that Daniel is praying for his breakthrough. He's praying for some deliverance in his own life and he's asking God to bring it. And Daniel and God were, were tight. They were moving together and things were happening. But this particular time, he wasn't having any kind of response from God. It's like, God, like, what's happened? Like, how come I'm getting this eerie silence when I'm praying and I'm crying out to you? And finally an angel shows up after he's prayed a couple of weeks, and an angel comes up and he says, what took you so long? Now, if an angel shows up in my prayer closet, that's the last thing I'm saying. I'm going to have to go change myself. If an angel shows up, I'm like, what? But he says, what took you so long? And then this angel starts speaking to Daniel and says, I would have been here sooner had the prince of Persia not captured me and it took the archangel Michael to come and get me out of his grip so that I can come here and bring the message of God to you. You know, how many princes of Persia are working against your life preventing you from stepping into the promises that God has laid out for your futures? Possibly a lot. So every time you are crying out to God, I want you to know that you are getting heaven moving on your behalf in whatever dilemma it is that you're going through. So keep crying out. 
So I, I don't see any changes. You don't see any changes, but every time you are praying, you are moving heaven to earth. And so don't be frustrated. Don't be discouraged. Just keep crying out to God because you don't know that every time you're crying out to God, angels and, and forces of heaven are just getting nitty gritty against all of these principalities and forces that are trying to oppose you. But then there's you. There's the you factor. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. This is you. So, so here, here's the reality. The Bible lays this out. The Bible's not quiet about this. It says, for every decision that you make in your free will, there are consequences. Matter of fact, Paul writes this letter to the Galatian church. He says, I, I, I want you guys to understand, God's not mocked. Don't be deceived. Don't just think that you're going to be able to pray some magical prayer and that bad decision that you made 10 years ago is just going to magically disappear. God says there's natural laws that are at work in this world because of decisions that you make in your free will that are naturally now being lived out. The consequences of what you did five years ago or 10 years ago now are just happening. And so sometimes... In our poor choices and our bad decisions, there is this side effect that may not kind of pop up in our life until years down the road. And then we're like, man, why isn't my breakthrough happening? Why isn't my deliverance happening? And the reason may be is that you are just kind of in a way serving a sentence from the natural law that you made some decisions and now you are unfortunately living out the consequences of those decisions. And so if you sow some bad seeds, some bad decisions, you're going to bear a bad crop. And so some of you, unfortunately, because you sowed so many years of bad decisions, you're in this kind of this negative crop going, man, I don't like this harvest that I'm having in my life. But here's the good news. The more good seeds that you're planting now, the better chances for your crop being good in the future is going to happen. So plant those good seeds and don't be discouraged. Don't grow weary. Good things are coming when you begin planting good seeds for your life. And then there's this other factor that is a little bit more complicated to talk about, and that's the God factor. That his timing doesn't always line up with our timing. And that God has a perspective of our life that we do not have. And so there is this impulsive nature that we have as human beings that really God doesn't have. There's this impatience that we have, like, God, I've got to have this now. God's like, I'm not in a hurry. God's not in a hurry. You feel the sense of urgency, but God's like, hey, I've got the perfect timing of when I need to lift you up out of this stuff. And if I lift you up out of this stuff too soon, you're going to miss the intersection I have for you five years from now. So that timing that God has is perfect timing. And we don't have the view of heaven like he has. And so that's where the trust has to come in and say, Father knows best. And the reason I say that is I raised three kids. And, you know, when my kids were toddlers, they, their perspective on life was so simple, but it was dangerous that Josiah wanted to just, like, run and dash, do a, a, like a speed race in the parking lot. And I'm like, no. And I had to grab his hand and say, no, you can't do that. And his perspective is he just wanted to race in the parking lot. He didn't know there were all kinds of dangerous vehicles that wouldn't see him that would run him over. And there are things that we are asking God for that God's like, 
you don't really want that. <laughs> you, you, you don't really mean that because I know if that thing comes into your life, it's actually not going to help you. It's going to hurt you. Have you ever looked back and reviewed maybe some prayers that you prayed 10 years ago and now it's been 10 years and you're like, God, I am so thankful you did not answer those prayers. <laughs> Has there ever been something like that? I, I can give you a dozen of them going, man, I'm glad that God didn't move for me then because I didn't even know what I was praying for. So I've learned as I've matured in my relationship with God that daddy knows best and that sometimes my timing is not his timing, but I've trusted that his timing is perfect. And so there's that factor. But, but whatever is causing the delay, I want you to know that God's promises are yes and amen. You're not going to stay in the pit. You're not going to stay in the mud. You are going to advance. You're going to make progress. And your deliverance is going to take place in your life. And for David, when it happened, he rejoiced. He started singing. I don't know if you've ever had something happen to you that was so amazing, that was so over the top, you just started singing. Maybe, maybe you didn't start singing, but you're like, woo, <laughs> yeah. You started screaming, you started yelling, you started high-fiving strangers. See, the idea here is when God does something so amazing in your life, something in your soul just has to get out. It just has to just come out. And, you're just like, and David's like, I'm going to sing a new song. And a lot of times in the Hebrew culture, when God would do this ginormous movement for his people, they would just bust out a new song. Check this out. When he clears the Red Sea and the people cross the Red Sea, look at what it says in Exodus 15, what they do. It says, they wrote this song. It says, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. They're like jazz. They're excited going, what? This is awesome. Hannah, who tried for a long time to have a baby, she cannot conceive a child. And she prayed and she asked God, God, I just want a baby. Just give me a baby and I will, I will dedicate this baby for your service. And God blessed her womb and gave her a son and she named him Samuel. And it says when she received this blessing, this promise of God, she broke out a new song. She says, my heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. Apparently she had a horn, I don't know. Um, my mouth is enlarged over my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. She's just pumped. She's excited. See, here's the idea that David writes in Psalm 40 verse 3. He says this, he has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. He's like, there's this like rhythm inside of me that I have to get out on the outside of me. He's like, I just, I feel it. It's just different now. And I don't know if you've ever, ever had a moment in your life that just like things were not the same after you had this experience with God. And for me, when I was 19 years old, I just had completed my freshman year of college, really made some bad decisions in my life, and I knew Jesus, but I wasn't fully devoted to Jesus. I, I was kind of like halfway in, but I, there was still a part of me that was halfway in the world, 
and, and I had this kind of battle going on inside of me. And I'll never forget this day because I was in my backyard. I loved to swim. My parents had a swimming pool and I was doing my laps. And right in the middle of my workout, I just stopped. And I just had this moment with God where I'm like, God, I I know you've got to be frustrated with me. I'm frustrated with myself. I know as I read the Bible, there are things that you're desiring to do in me, but I keep sabotaging myself. And that's when I feel as though I heard a voice from heaven. I I felt this voice internally speak to my soul. He says, Jim, you're either for me or you're against me. I want all of you. Be either hot or cold. Go for it or just walk completely away from me because you're giving me a bad name. Now, I'm not saying that is the words of God, but this is how I was processing it. And I immediately began thinking about my next year of college and thinking about what that would look like, roommates I would live with and things that I would do. But it was, it was that moment of clarity that I realized that I knew too much about God to ever turn away from him and ignore him and act like he didn't exist. And so I looked up to heaven that day in my backyard and I said, God, you've got all of me and I'm giving you everything I have and I'm going for it. And it was that next week I threw myself in church. I threw myself in a life group. I got involved with the young adults in the church and it was for the first time I began seeing progress and development in my faith in Jesus. I'll never forget that day. Everything changed. There was a new rhythm in that prayer that I prayed with God that changed everything. Maybe yours was when you went to camp or you were baptized and and you went through this experience with God and you came out of it. You're like, I'm never going to be the same after this moment. This This is David feeling this new song saying, there's a newness in my life that I know is gonna change everything. You know, God is all about newness. Matter of fact, the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, there's this prophetic word. I I believe it's for us. I believe it's for us. It says, but the Lord says, do not cling to events of the past or dwell on what happened long ago. Watch for the new thing I'm going to do. It's happening already. You can see it now. I will make a road through the wilderness and give you streams of water there. Do you feel the heart of God? He's saying, I want to bring you newness. Paul says it like this. He says, says, Jesus has transformed our life so that we can be a new creation where old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. There's this newness, this freshness that God's kingdom continuously wants to bring into your life. This is why there's new songs that he wants to place in you all the time. There's there's new seasons, there's new beginnings, there's new chapters. And a lot of times we're missing the newness and the freshness that God wants to bring into our life because we're so fixated on the old chapters that we have the old songs on repeat And as long as we're repeating the old rhythms and the old chapters and the old story and narratives of our life, we can't embrace the newness that God wants to bring into our life. I love how this quote was sent to me. Jared sent it to me, and he had no idea when he sent it. The 
message that we were going to be preaching, and so it just made it that much more powerful. But it says you can't start the next chapter of your life if you keep rereading the last one. I don't know who that's for this morning, but I believe there's a new song, a new rhythm that God wants coming from your soul. But in order to embrace it, in order to let that song come out of your life, then you've got to be willing to shake off the old rhythm. And you've got to be willing to leave the old chapter and embrace the new chapter to, to understand that there's a new season that God's bringing you in that is requiring you to leave the old season. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but I feel like God is saying to Atmosphere Church, I want to give you a new song for your life today. A song that has a completely new rhythm that's not just for your own soul, but check this out. Look at the second part of verse three. Many will see what he's done. So in other words, the song that is coming from your soul, the new rhythm, I call it the rhythm of heaven, really. It's gonna be so loud that you're gonna become God's amplifiers. You're gonna become God's speakers so that when you get around people, there's that song. You, you know, have you ever been somewhere, you've been shopping and you hear a song, you're like, oh, I like that song. So you Shazam it. You guys know what Shazamming a song is? You're like, well, what is that song? Some of you are like, what's Shazam? What is that? What is he talking about? It's where you have this app and, and you can listen to a song and so you can figure out what that song is. And I believe there should be a new rhythm coming from our life that is not just to bring newness to our own souls, but is to make other people hear the sweetness of the sound of heaven that they can be a part of themselves. It says, many will see what he's done and they will be what, church? They will be amazed. And they will put their trust in the Lord. So part of the new song, the new rhythm, the new sound that is coming from your life is not just for you, but for everybody that's around you. To, to hear that rhythm and say, that sounds pretty good. Where'd you, where'd you find that song at? How can I download that song to my playlist? You say, it's easy. His name is Jesus. And I got his playlist right here. It's called the Bible. I, I don't know if you have an impact in the people that are around you. If, if, if the life song that is coming from your soul is, is actually attractive, if it's sweet. But there is a life song coming from your soul, whether it's a good one or a bad one. People can hear your life when they're around you. And what this message is, is that heaven wants to invade you so much that you can't help playing the sound of heaven. And what's awesome about this is I believe the New Testament gives us what heaven sounds like. I believe that Paul writes this Corinthian letter and he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit and then he goes on this long list of things that, that are for the body of Christ. But he says, I, I, I want to dedicate a, a couple of sentences here to talk about the greatest gift of all. He starts going into chapter 13. He starts talking about love. And he starts defining what real God love looks like. And, and then he ends it by saying this. And I think this is so powerful. He says, but now faith, hope, love abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. 
And if you're kind of used to church, you're used to and accustomed to hearing words like faith, hope, and love. But I want to tell you, the reason they're spoken of so often when it comes to our relationship with God, because this is what heaven sounds like. Heaven sounds like faith. Heaven sounds like hope. Heaven sounds like love. Matter of fact, a few years ago, as we were praying as a church in Vegas, Russell will remember this, that there was a mantra that we felt like God was giving us as a church. And the mantra was, keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love. Like this was the song that we were to embrace as a church for our city. Like this is the sound that should be coming from us so that the city would know what heaven sounds like. And let me just talk about each one of them for a minute. Just the first one is keep the faith. And, and that really simply can be defined as trusting, complete trust. That means when the circumstances aren't lining up with the way you thought they were going to and maybe the expectations aren't being met and you're getting a little frustrated and maybe a little nervous, a little anxious going, I don't know, man, this isn't looking good. That you can just pause and take a step back and say, I know this doesn't look good on paper. I know that these things look totally a mess from what I want them to look like. But God is greater than this mess. That he's stronger than these circumstances. And that I put my trust in him. Not my money, not my spouse, not my family, not my job, not my health. I put my trust completely in God because he is the only one that is greater than anything that will ever come against my life. That's faith. And we have to practice this faith all the time because a lot of times, let's be honest with ourselves, things don't work out the way we penciled them to work out, do they? But God says, hey, you put me in charge of your life, so trust me. Here's the second part, and that is spreading the hope. Spreading the hope is just confident expectation. So I'm expecting that God has something better for me in my future than what it is right now. And I, I don't want to sound like a prosperity gospel, like, you know, God's going to put a, a million dollars in your bank account and, and all that. But, but let's be honest. I mean, heaven is waiting for us. So our life is getting better because as we get older, the closer we're moving towards heaven, which is our goal. And so God is moving us closer to heaven and heaven is so much better than anything that is going on in your life right now. And when you're expecting the better, things change for your life. Your attitude shifts. I mean, you are living in a world that is always gloom and doom. I mean, all you have to do is go on Facebook these days. Everybody's mad at everybody. It's gloom and doom. This is falling apart. This is happening in the news. And, and it's, sometimes it's overwhelming. I kind of look at it like we live in an Eeyore culture. You know what Eeyore, like, you know, that little depressed donkey on Winnie the Pooh? It's like, oh, boy, nothing is working out for me. My wife has left me. My dog is mad at me. My life is a mess. 
I'm like, we as people of God should be the most hopeful people in this world. Every situation, every circumstance that we go in, we go in it with expectation. Some of you came to church with expectation on your heart this morning going, I'm going to go in there and I know that I know God's got a word from my soul so that when I leave, I'm going to be encouraged. You came in here with expectation and you're going to leave with that expectation met. Let it be according to your expectation. That's spreading the hope. And here's the last one is living the love. And this is the best one of all, Paul says. You think about how Jesus loved. He loved unconditionally. He loved his enemies. It's easy to love people that love you, but how are you doing with loving people that you know don't love you back? How are you doing with loving people that you know are against your life? That's, that's the unconditional love. Going in tomorrow morning with the Starbucks cup of coffee and a donut to that coworker that you know was just bashing on you to the boss last week going, hey, bro, just love you, dude. I got, thought about you. That, I mean, that's, that's unconditional love. And then there's a, the sacrificial love. And I'll have the worship band come up because we got we to gotta respond to God with some more worship. But there's the sacrificial love. This is, this is love that is inconvenient. Let's face it, we're all busy. We're all like doing different things and moving different directions. And then the interruption comes up and you're like, oh man. But sacrificial love says, I'm gonna drop everything I'm doing and make this person in front of me the most important thing of my day. Even though I don't have time for this, even though this is like just irritating to me right now, I've gotta help that that stranger at Walmart. I, I've got to clear my schedule because my, my wife needs me. My husband needs me. My, my son or daughter needs me. I, I wasn't prepared for this, but I'm, I'm dropping everything so that I can help them. That, that's the kind of love that this is talking about. And, and when that new rhythm of heaven is moving inside of your soul, man, it, it just comes out. You're... You're keeping the faith. You're, you're spreading the hope. You're living the love. Just think, there's even a rhythm to that. Like, keep the faith. Spread the hope. Live the love. I wish I had a beatboxer right now. Keep the faith. <laughs> spread the hope. Live the love. Keep the faith. Spread the hope. Live the love. Uh, uh, keep the faith. Spread the hope. Live the love. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like there's, there's a rhythm to it, that guy's crazy. But there's a, there's a rhythm that heaven has. And as it penetrates your soul, you become God's speakers to play that heavenly music to a world that needs faith, to a world that needs hope, to a world that needs love. Be God's speakers but you can't give out something that you don't have in your own soul. So I want to pray for you. Would you stand with me? Father, as we respond in worship, God, I know there's people here that just feel so far from you. God, as they think about their own life song, they're going, I, I don't sound like heaven. My life, to be honest, sounds probably more like hell. God, I pray that you put a new song in our soul so there can be a new song from our mouth. 
Hey, thank you for tuning in today to another message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on YouTube, iTunes Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and even on Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and click either the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. And until next time, we pray you'll keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love. God bless you.